This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 5, Episode 1, which is kind of weird to say. Five seasons, well, we've completed four seasons. This is our fifth season. Uh, I feel like I've been doing this podcast for three months. Uh, During the summer, you feel like you've been doing it for 60 years. But, you know, when the season starts and training camp gets announced... You get like a new, fresh, warm feeling inside. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to rock. So as always, I have to ask, Andy, how are you doing, my friend? Doing good. Excited for the new season. I mean, we've spoke ad nauseum about how long the summer is and how there's nothing going on. And obviously, we haven't spoken to all of you in a while. But things have finally started happening in the world of hockey plenty of us things for us to cover and get to but yeah it's just exciting it it really crept up on me i think you were today you're like yeah the rangers have a, a pre- their first preseason game on sun next sunday and i was like it literally took me back i couldn't believe it so but it, that's just how quick it is it, it 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 seemed like it used to be much longer affair going into seasons but now it just seems like I don't know if it's if it's changed or if it's just like a, you know, just my uh, Mandela effect of what I'm remembering in my head of, or whatever. But it seems like training camp used to be like a month and you know, rookie camp that was like two weeks. Now everything's like four or five days, if that. I mean, the Rangers, their training camp starts as we're recording this Tuesday night, starts tomorrow, I believe. Um, and yeah, they'll have a, a scant few days before lining up against the Boston Bruins on Sunday for some action. So, uh, but yeah, excited to be back. Yeah, I, I'm pumped when I saw, you know, I kind of scroll through, you know, the, I, I you know, CBS Sports, I just kind of click on it and I scroll through the week just to see what kind of games. And, you know, you, you, you click on, you know, the, the baseball, obviously, tons of games every single day as the season's winding down and teams are trying to find where, you know, they'll finish in the, uh, in the standings and hopefully get a wild card spot. You know, as a Met fan and just being from New York, it's not really a concern anymore. The Mets and Yankees are just completely out of it uh, after two awful, you know, seasons for both teams. And then, you know, you get to college football and, you know, you're like, oh, this is fun. This is new. And then you get the NFL games, right? And then all of a sudden, you get the Sunday and it's Rangers and Bruins at five o'clock. Jets are on at one. And you're just like, holy shit. Well, there's my Sunday. And that's when I got like pumps. I was like, you know what? I know, like, I'm not pumped for the expectations. I'm not expecting much from this team. It's just that I'm just so happy hockey's back because I try to be a football fan. I really do. And I do enjoy the sport, Andy. But like, there's just nothing better than hockey. And I don't even care for like, like, you know, people really get into like the training camps and the prospect camps and stuff like that. I just think growing up as a Rangers fan, and let me ask you if you agree with this, but growing up a Rangers fan and you're into the prospect stuff. Because we always bought the the big name free agents, we never like really developed any players. So like to look at your you know prospects and be like, oh, I'm really excited for him to come up. It's like it just never was a thing, you know, for the New York Rangers. So like I, I never got excited like that. That to me was never like the kickoff to the season. Oh, prospect camp, prospect games. I never cared about that stuff. All I cared about was preseason games how do we look you know what's our lineup going to look like and you know can we compete for a stanley cup and for my whole life it's pretty much been well as first half of my life it's been you know we on paper we can compete for a stanley cup but we never actually do and then you know later on it's like you know we don't really look like we're going to be able to compete for a stanley cup but we have the goaltender and you know he, he might get us there and now it's like you know, we, we turned a corner here where it's just like, 
are we competitive enough? We don't know. I don't think anybody knows. So I don't know to and to make that was long winded for you know season five <laughs> episode one. But Andy, I don't know. It, it, am I wrong here being you know a Rangers fan not getting that excited about like the prospect camp and now that there's preseason games, that's when you get excited? No, because I think it's I think that it's one of those things that unlike the last few years where the Rangers were quote unquote building towards they were uh, they were rebuilding or reloading, whatever the, I forget the terminology they use in the letter. I believe they, they used capital R rebuild or, or retooling, whatever the fuck they want to say. But um, yeah, now that the, they have the, their players, I mean, any prospect camp is just kind of just to, honestly, I think with where the Rangers are at, it's like their prospect camp is not as important as their prospects, how they show out in their, in their invites to main camp the ones that will be in attendance because there's going to be cuts and a lot of early, but no, I think you're absolutely right because you know, the, the Rangers have drafted high the last few years and those players either did not pan out a la of a tally crafts uh, or a Nils Lundqvist uh, in different ways. And, or they made the squad, your Keandre Millers, your Ryan Lindgren's, your Alexi Lafreniere's and Capococos and your Philip Heedles. So, yeah, I mean, to that effect, it's that you're a lot of these prospects there. And especially with the makeup, of this team that the, basically the top six is it's set. It is what it is. The third line's pretty much set. All the prospects in the Ranger systems are either at this point are either you arguably only have one guy who is a top six prospect in uh, that's not true. I guess you have two in Brennan Othman and Gabe Perot who are like, that's kind of where you hope to see them down the line. But pro just got drafted. Uh, obviously he's in his first year at, uh, at BC. So not going to see him in camp and Brennan Othman, obviously he'll, he'll get featured, but he'll, he'll get a chance, but at the same time, hasn't played in the AHL yet. That's most likely where he's going to start his year. So, yeah, you just kind of understand other than some fourth line guys like Will Cooley showing out, there's not much they can really do in prospect camp. It's just more of a kind of to judge where they are. And I mean, even the Rangers have always had a pretty lazy, fair, uh, is it laissez faire, laissez faire, whatever, uh, approach to their prospect development in, in general. I mean, they don't even do Traverse City tournament anymore now. They're just like, ah, oh, we'll play the Flyers twice. Uh, you guys, the Flyers can foot the bill. We'll send our guys there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, that's how they feel about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think main camp is what's really gets you excited. I think coming off of clearly a disappointing end, which is way different than the end they came off the year before, which was obviously heartbreaking, but was like a proud run for them. And you were hoping they would do more, but they didn't. So now it's a little bit, you hope there's a little bit more of a burr in the saddle. Panarin bicked his head. So he's ready to go. Apparently, uh, little new coach, which is always going to be interesting. You hope they're going to have some more structure. Uh, the young guys are all another year older. So even if it's a, unfortunately, they only all take a little step forward. It's at least a step forward from where they were. You just hope they don't take steps back. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reason at least to be excited. If not excited, if not, not totally overcome with expectation because it's kind of like, all right, I guess we're kind of in this weird spot where it kind of feels like things aren't panning out the way we want. So it's kind of hard to know what this team is. So now it's like, all right, I guess we're about to find out what this team is. You know what I mean? Or at least what direction it's going in. Yeah. And I, you know, again, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, new coach, it's always going to be a big question mark and especially early on in this season. And, um, you know, it's just, you you really want to see this team play a different style. You don't want it to be all loosey goosey, you know, free flowing. You want to see some X's and O's. You want to see some strategy. You want to see how this team plays with the two goal lead. You want to see how this team plays down two goals. You know, I want to see urgency, not just in the last 10 minutes of the game. If you're down by one, I want to see that urgency, you know, going into the third period to start and play full 20 minute periods at a time. And I, Listen, I, I understand the season is long. It's 82 games. It's a grind. 
I don't need them to be going balls to the wall every night. I understand you're going to have, you know, nights off where you just don't have it. It there's no team. I mean, even the Boston Bruins lost last year. As good as they were, they still lost some games last year. Barely, but they still lost. And, you know, you, you go into this season, the goal is just get into the playoffs. I don't care where we are. I don't care if we're the three seed, the two seed, the one seed, a wild card. I don't care this season. I just think there's no, there's not going to be another Boston Bruins teams that you, you fear. And guess what? That team got knocked out in the first round. You know, just get to the playoffs. It doesn't matter who you're playing, whether that's Toronto, whether that's Florida, Boston, Tampa, the Devils, Carolina. It doesn't matter. The New York Rangers, if they can play their game, they have a chance to beat anybody in the seven game series. They have the goaltending. They have the horses. If they can pull their shit together, you could see that they can do some magical shit on the ice. And, you know, it's just unfortunate we don't show up um you know in certain games so i mean even last year you had a 2-0 lead against the new jersey devils the year before you had a 2 nothing lead against the tampa bay lightning they just collapsed because they just got out hustled they get out beat they they're just you know the teams beat them with speed and with you know physicality and structure and you know they just don't allow the new york rangers to accomplish anything they can't make an outlet pass for the, the sake of them and you know, again, it falls on to goaltending and, you know, special teams. You know, I want to see this team better on five on five. Um, yeah. And, and I can rant and rave about, you know, what we've done in the past. But like you know, we said, it's a new season. Let's see what we got. Um, I know, I think the last podcast we were on, I was very high on the New York Rangers in the first month. If you look at their schedule, Andy, the New York Rangers should be the best team in the NHL point percentage wise in the NHL. There's just no there's no excuse. They they could they could slaughter every single team on their schedule. So I, I'm expecting to them to come out of the gate, you know, flying and beating a lot of teams. Um I don't know if you looked at the You gotta hope yet. that they don't think the same thing or else they're in trouble. <laughs> we, yeah. what, do, what do we know about the NHL is that on any given night, you know um, Yeah. Any team can beat any team. And I think especially you have a lot of these young teams that have been percolating for a little bit and then they've just kind of become perennially a joke. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, I didn't realize the Blue Jackets were that good or I didn't realize the Coyotes had that in them. You know what I mean? That's all it takes. So but no, you're right. If by the strength of their schedule, their October schedule is easier than you could ask for. You know what I mean? And I think obviously it also kind of helps that uh, they start, you know, they start what their season um, on, they start their season on the road, right? Yeah. Two game, uh, a little road swing to start, which is nice. Then they're at home for two games and then they do their West coast swing. So you have two pretty, you know, two road trips in the first month. And that's basically the month, you know, they, they're in the entire month of October, they're home twice. They have their home opener against the coyotes and then they're home against the predators. And that's it. They, they start on the road against, uh, the sabers and the blue jackets. And then like they do their Western Canada swing where they, you know, they'll, they'll, and they, they hit Seattle up as well. So Seattle, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Winnipeg, and then back home, uh, against the hurricanes before, uh, yeah, back home against the Hurricanes before going out to Minnesota. So they're going to get a lot of their road games out of the way early. But luckily, it's, you know, that's good for bonding a group. And these teams on this list, a lot of, you know, there are some good teams, but none of the none of them are really penciled in to be, you know, at the end of the year, the heavy hitters in the league. You know, obviously Edmonton has the best two best two of the best players in the world. So we'll see how that goes. But other than that. Winnable games, so we shall see. Yeah, and you know, I, I, again, it this is going to be a wild season if things don't, you know, go smoothly. I, I think even just from the get go, because you know, I think more importantly, there's pressure now on management. You know, I, I thought last year Jury really 
did everything he possibly could working with the cap. Um, obviously, there were some problems there towards the end with, you know, trying to circumvent the cap and the league wouldn't allow them. But anyway, that's all behind us. Um, this year, I think there's pressure all the way from management down to the players. And it's there, this is it. Like, you're, there's no... There's no all-star coming this time. There's no Patrick Kane. There's no Tarasenko. Um, this is the squad. And if you, you know, if you can't get it done, um, yeah, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a, uh, a long season if they struggle here. Uh, oh man, I, I forget. I had one question about the, oh, okay, Andy. So did you, did you happen to, see any of the the prospect camp uh roster i know yeah. i know i'm switching switching gears here no that's all good um, yes i did okay so you again and this is this is you know I, I obviously this is probably more of a question for for um uh is is lafreniere going to start the season on the right side that's where i'm getting at because oh, if you, he's mean, not, you mean main main camp roster main camp roster yeah, i'm yeah. sorry no, it's okay. Uh, it seems like it's definitely a possibility. I think there was a presser with Chris Drury a couple of days ago where that was brought up and he had mentioned that, you know, that he had Lafreniere had at least intimated to them that he was willing to do that. And he seems like the type of he tr- said it last year that he was willing to do that. And they tried it at times. So, I mean, it would solve a lot of problems. So I'm sure he's willing to do it. I mean, whether or not it will be successful is uh, remains to be seen. I think, you know, he's a, at the end of the day. Well, it's weird because Lafreniere was drafted mostly for his playmaking skills, which is he's stronger on his forehand on the on the left wall. But at the same time, he is his success at the, I'll say the success he has at the NHL level is his uh, goal scoring. And the fact that he does have a, a bit of a, you know, he's got a soft touch. And he's got a goal scorers touch. So, and having that shot available to him on the right side could be a big, at least, or put him in maybe more positions to actually put pucks on net and score. So if that's what he becomes, he be, kind of becomes a, you know, unfortunately you don't, you hope he maximizes potential, but if he just kind of becomes like a, like a weird, if he can become like a, you know, I don't know, like a 30, 30 guy or 25, 30 guy, um, you know, 25 to 30 points and then like 30 goal score, like a Chris Kreider almost. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. It's, it's disappointing, but at the, at the end of the day, the Rangers won that lottery despite being in the plane in the bubble. So I guess you can just say, well, maybe it was just getting a, a free 60 point player. You know, so you take it and move on and everyone makes their, you know, their peace with what what the situation is. But I mean, yeah, I, I think he he would definitely be willing to do it. And uh, I assume we're going to I believe tomorrow there is also uh, Peter Laviolette will speak ahead of camp. And I'm sure that's going to be brought up by one of the beat writers. So we'll I'm sure we'll have our answer sooner rather than later. Yeah, and, and I apologize for having a brain fart there two minutes ago. It's fine. It's Before, fine. We're rusty. No, well, because, We're rusty, folks. No, this it's is not our, even that I'm rusty. Our... It's the goddamn NHL updated their site, and I you were talking about the schedule, so I quickly went onto NHL.com, and you click schedule, and it gives you, you know, the option to pick a team. And so, you know, obviously you, you, you click the all teams, and it gives you all the teams and you go down, you scroll down and you pick the New York Rangers. And this is what they get. They give you. They don't have it as a bracket, like a like an actual picture of the calendar anymore. It gives you like six days at a time. Like right now, it's September 23rd to the 29th. I'm losing my mind here. This is I can't have this. Like, I, I, I can't. I can't do this as the schedule this year. I'm hoping this changes or there's a way to change it. And I'm just an idiot. But this is why I, I I was about to ask the question. I forgot the question. And then I'm looking at this. I'm trying to change it and ask the question at the same time. 
And that's why I had the brain fart. So I had to get that off my chest because I do not like how the schedule looks. Um, hopefully that changes. Um, but anyway, back to Panarin. Or not Panarin. Lafreniere playing the right side. I, I think you, you have to. I think that at this point, you, you tell the kid, listen, do you want to be buried on the third line or do you want to be a little uncomfortable playing on the right side on the top six? You know, you're playing for your next contract. It's just, it's simple math at this point. Even if the kid's greedy and he wants to play, make millions of dollars, well, try to get him as many points as he can playing in the top six because you're going to get a similar contract playing on the third line. It's just, it is what it is. You're a third line player. You're not even going to be able to go to arbitration and argue for yourself. So at this point, it's, 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 you know, you know, put up or shut up. You're going to play on the right side just because we're too loaded on the left side. The only chance of you playing on the left wing is if Kreider gets moved down and that's just not going to happen. And obviously Panarin it has his spot locked. So yeah, I don't know. Um, but I'm excited for it. I want to see, I, I really, you know, I, I'm not hopeful that he turns his season around, but, you know, I, I am excited just to see what he brings this year. Like, th- this has to be it. Like, you have to be in tip-top shape. I know, you know, it was a, a talking point last year. I think it was a Valaket that brought it up, how the New York Rangers, like, weren't in shape and stuff like that, even, like, mid- midway through the season. And stuff like that. I, I don't know. But I, I mean, it, I, rem- I remember him saying that about Lafreniere needs to take his his summer a little bit more seriously. I don't know if he said something about the Rangers being out of shape. I maybe it was just Lafreniere. I didn't want to just pinpoint on Lafreniere, and because I forgot what the quote was. But he did say that, right? The the off season needs to be taken a little bit more serious. Yeah, he did. And mm-hmm. you know, you don't know if that's a little bit inside baseball or just saying he. Just generally, if he's not performing, it's because the work is he might he probably knows something everyone else doesn't. I mean, he's close enough to the team, for God's sakes. But uh, yeah, it's tough because I I think. You know, it's you everything coming into the draft is all about, you know, how the first overall pick Alexi Lafreniere, how hard he works, yada, yada, yada. He works on his game, always obsessed with hockey, all the first overall stuff you always hear with every video package that Sportsnet or TSN ends up doing. And then now they're saying he just got to the NHL and he's, eh, whatever. It's like he expects his skills going to help him, you know, is going to help him win out in the end and he can just whatever, hang out with his buddies. I don't know anything about how Lafreniere approaches, you know, the the offseason you clearly i mean you know i you, you look at, at his physique and it's just pretty average you know what i mean he's clearly a bigger kid but he's not you know it doesn't seem it doesn't seem out of shape but also doesn't seem like he's like a gym rat or anything you know what i mean so it's just hard it's kind of hard to gauge is just having a, a cryptic comment like that it just kind of felt like there was he was intimating that they knew that maybe lafreniere didn't come into camp in the shape you'd hope. But again, you know, guys are different. You know, Phil Kessel would walk in being Phil Kessel and just light it up. So, you know, who, who knows? So, uh, but yeah, there's, I would imagine that Valaket wouldn't say something like that unless there was a, a grain of truth to it. Cause I don't think, you know, either he heard it from someone in management. Uh, I don't think he would just throw out a barb at Lafreniere for no reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, it's just a shame that it's basically to that point. Um, yeah. Uh, any, any more with the prospect stuff, Andy? Do you have anything else? I mean, not really. I'm pretty impressed. They won both of their games against a Flyers team that supposedly, you know, I would have thought their prospect, they have some pretty well-touted prospects. I thought didn't really wow me. So for the Rangers to have very little, I thought, uh, I think you definitely saw, it, everything kind of played out the way you kind of thought it was like, you know, it was only two games. So, you know, you had some, uh, the Rangers have drafted a lot of big boys. It was nice seeing Matthew Rempe. That kid's huge. He got in a fight with, uh, Zade wisdom yeah. in the first prospect game. Um, you know, other than that, everyone looked, you know, Othman looked pasty, had an assist, uh, Trevino looked good as he should. He's played, you know, he's in the AHL now. Um, Hobie Baker winner. Um, so 
Um, was he Hobie Baker winner or was he just like he won the East, whatever? I think he did win the Hobie Baker. Am I crazy? Uh, hold on. Let me look real quick. Yeah. But, you know, at this, uh, he looked better, like he was better than almost everyone there. And then, uh, Berard and, and Sakura looked like they, they want to, despite being smaller guys, they seem to win all of their, all their battles. You know what I mean? And they had their hustle and it was all good. Yeah. But it was basically it. You know, I tried to watch Matthew Robertson a bit and try to get a sense of where he's at. And he was just fine. You know what I mean? I, he might not be a lot of people have had him penciled in for a while for eventually being on that third pairing or, or hell even maybe one day being a second pairing defenseman. I'm not sure I really see it, but I've definitely been wrong before. But other than that, it was good. You know, they listen, they, they, they won both their games against the Flyers. You knew that they were going to come out with more in the second. But oh, and Dylan Grand, probably the best, is probably one of the reasons they won the first game and was just great. You know, he's uh, despite his size, his ability to. He's you know, he's good on his feet. He battles for pucks. He does a good job fighting uh, through screens and like getting just looking through traffic, which is something younger goalies seem to struggle with, but it's actually seems to be a strength of his. So uh, he impressed me a good amount. So yeah, all, all in all, not a, you can't really make too many declarations off of it, but at least happy with, you know, happy with the two victories and happy with some individual performances and it's all, it's all good. Hopefully they, the young guys take some who are going to go to main camp, take some good feelings with them, you know, as they either to wherever they're, they're playing uh, this upcoming season. I agree. Uh, going back to the Hobie Baker, I I don't know if the 2022-1 counts for the 2022-23 season, but uh, Dryden McKay won last year. That's right. Then Cole, Cole Caulfield, Scott Prunovich. Yeah, Scott Prunovich. I don't remember him. That was, I, thought, I guess, COVID year. Um and then Cal McCarr won in 2019. I don't know why I thought Trevino won the Hobie. I don't know. I, I'm. It's. It's been a long week for me. It's been a long month for me, folks. You haven't seen James and I much. We both have a lot going on, unfortunately, and fortunately. So I'm very tired. But uh, yeah, no. But again, Trevino, you know, was one of the the best players in the NCAA coming into making his jump to Hartford last season. So. Yeah, he's he should have showed out against a bunch of kids, and he did, despite being a tiny guy. So, um, had some nifty plays, you know, nice goals, and uh, yeah. So, I mean, again, this will probably mean diddly squat as it involves the Rangers' main roster. But again, it's just good to internal competition is always good. It's always good to, yeah. At least you see that the Rangers have clearly taken their bottom their approach to having homegrown bottom six prospects i guess maybe they figure like why are, are we trying to fight gravity here we always end up trading for the superstars so let's just only worry about the bottom six guys and drafting and developing them and then we'll always have the top six guys because it's new york and they'll go from there you know what i mean so but uh yeah it's uh, nice to have two two uh, w's out of it We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw down five on any of this week's epic matchups and walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. In Connecticut, help is available for a gambling problem at 888 888- 
789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility. Terms of responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Should we bring up the, I think, the hottest story, I think, around the NHL? I think it's, it's, it's time. The yeah. uh, Mike Babcock... Obviously, the cell phone story, uh, if you haven't heard and you, you live under a rock, uh, Mike Babcock came out, uh, psychopath move of just looking into his players' phones and going through the photos and just, uh, you know, just a weird but not shocking move by Mike Babcock. I, I feel like, Andy, I, I don't know. I'm just so sick of him in general i didn't want him i know he was like for a hot minute he was you know on the radar of the new york rangers as someone that you know they might be interested in interviewing i that made me want to throw up i'm just i'm sick of him i'm sick of his antics i i listen i understand you want to be old school and you want to play mind games and you think you know, you just, you're the smartest guy in the room, but I, it's that, that type of shit. It's, 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 it's over. Like that type of shit is done. It doesn't, it, it doesn't work anymore. Kids these days have access to information and communication with people around the world, media, people, ownership, like you're the, play, the players and the fans. It's just, it's a totally different world. And like, this type of shit, it, it can't, it can't happen. And I, I don't know. I, I just, and then I, I go so far that I blame the blue jackets because it's like, did you, you thought this guy was going to come back as, you know, a, a brand new person and coach. Like he's obviously not going to let go of the things that he thought made him successful in the past. And he was successful in the past. It's just, you know, there's a lot of guys that just, their styles and coaching has, you know, probably been, you know, passed by. And I think he's one of them. So uh, your thoughts, Andy. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's uh, this whole thing. It's just, this was your chance. How I just, I just cannot get over. I mean, I'm not surprised that literally all that time off, has done nothing for him. But at the same time, it was like, even it's come out now that it's like, oh yeah, when he was at the university of Saskatchewan for the last few years, everyone hated him too. Cause he didn't do anything differently. He was just still a scumbag and a, not a nice guy. Uh, whatever. Probably said the right things in his, you know, how, you know, I've reflected, um, you know, learned a lot, and, you know, I understand that you whatever, whatever BS he sold Davidson, and Kekalainen, and lo and behold, this happens again. And you know, I I honestly think it's that he just it's it he doesn't understand. He just doesn't. He clearly doesn't. But he doesn't understand what the problem is. He just thinks he's old school. He thinks he should be able to do that. Um, not understanding why. And you know, and the whole like, oh well, he did it to everyone. He did it to every. Yeah, it's like yeah, but obviously it's it's different doing it to the captain of the team who's got probably got take pictures of his kids and his dog and then doing a young guy. And I'm sure it was a lot more cordial and uh, transactional with the vets on the team than it was with the young guys or, but like, there's an account that he just told one of them to give him his phone and he went through it for like seven minutes, just like well, scanning through it and then gave it back to him and told him to leave. You know what I mean? He, just, sorry. He should this. be for, he should be forced to ask like, okay, what was your goal? Like what, like what were you going to accomplish? Well, they already, they've already, uh, basically they've, they made it. So, you know, even with the whole thing that they, the the blue jackets refused to, they didn't want to make themselves look bad. So they said it was clear this was going to be too much of a distraction. So we have dismissed Mike Babcock, not basically saying like, we didn't know about this. Like, and again, it's, it's tough because, 
it would probably be hard to say, oh, we had no idea. We found out about this and we are appalled. But it looks makes them look stupid. So they they again tried to do the same thing they did after the first time they tried to douse it with water and being like, we're so disappointed. This is blown out of proportion. Yada, yada, yada. Kudos to uh, the NHLPA and Marty Walsh in his first tough assignment. You know what I mean? Like he basically they come in, they do their own investigation. They're like, nope, this is messed up. And, you know, and it was swift. It was very swift, especially after the Blue Jackets tried to douse the whole thing with water. They came in and they were like, absolutely not. You know what I mean? So so good on them for hopefully that's a, a harbinger of how the style of the, the new leadership, the NHLPA is going to operate. Um, you and I, there's something we're going to talk about in a second because I know you brought this up to me as well. Um, but that being said, it's like, yeah, even then Columbus in the press con- post firing press conference, you know, Kekalainen, they refused to kind of take it like, oh, maybe, you know, JD made his line of like, oh, maybe, you know, I or they someone asked him, it was like, did you think it was, you know, naive to think something to the effect of it's like, you know, did you really think he was going to change his stripes? You know what I mean? And it was just like, uh, you know, maybe I should have. You know, or, or, you know, there was a lot of outcry about he's probably hasn't learned his lesson. And he says, well, yeah, maybe I should have listened to him. You know what I mean? But and, well, and again, well, here, you go ahead. The thing. I, I don't even think I, I think like nobody in the world would have guessed that he was just checking people's cell phones because that's not even like a like what kind of move is that? Like, again, I you. He might have said, like, listen, I, I, I have a coaching style. OK, OK. You can't, you know, you can't really fuck with. People. He probably doesn't think that's, that's like even messing with people. Well, that's like the thing. he 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 probably thinks like I'm gonna get rid. Like this is the best case scenario that he's like, well, I was looking at the phones because I, I really want to, you know, find out who these kids are. Like, and be like, okay, well, you know, you you just don't go through people's phones to find you. You ask them questions if anything. Like you can get to the bottom of who they are by asking questions. Like the asking phone things was just, it's purely just to fuck with people. Like, and, yeah. and to be honest with you, I bet you anything, someone had something on their phone that they probably shouldn't have and was on there and was like, I, I need to jump out in front of this before. Not like, not like bad as in like illegal or anything like that, but like some like sensitive content that's like, like, I, you know, I don't want to feel like, I, you know, I'm doing something wrong by having this on the phone, you know, pick a picture of someone, you know, you know, they're kids, they're, they're dumb. I can guarantee you half of them probably have shit that they, you know, wouldn't be proud of, you know, 10 years from now on their phone. So, you know, again, I, I'm glad this, I'm glad this came swiftly to an end because if this was dragging out into the season and I had to see this guy behind the bench, I, I'd probably, I don't know. I, I just hate the old school mentality. I hate like, like, I, you know, I'm the smartest guy in the room. It's like, dude, you're not coaching the NHL for a reason because you're a psychopath. That's it's that plain and simple. You know, you're, I'm sure you're a good coach. I'm sure you could coach, you know, the X's and O's very well, but you're a psycho at the end of the day. Like you, you borderline ruined Toronto <laughs> and you know, I don't know. I, I got, Nothing really else to say about this guy. Um, management, on the other hand, I, I to be honest with you, I believe them if they say they didn't see this coming. Because, again, it's almost like, you know, it's almost like this JD even like JD. I can see him still having a flip phone, you know, like he probably doesn't think anything of it. Like, oh, he was looking through your phone. I don't did you want to see if you had snake open or something like that? Like I could see him just being totally oblivious to the fact that like people's lives are on their phone. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the whole reason you hire him is because you think he has changed. He probably told you he's changed. And again, it's not like they, you know, it's not like they, well said it will show us the you know how many hours of therapy you've done or whatever whatever uh, courses on you know what you know it's not like he's mike babcock has done anything to the effect of like educating himself 
maybe the, beyond what might have been mandated at some point in his uh, dismissal. You know what I mean? But let, let me ask you this, a, Andy. Go ahead. Yeah. If I'm say I'm the coach, right? And you, you're a, a rookie. You're going to be on the roster, but you're a rookie. And I ask you, hey, I want you to open up your phone right now. I want you to go to the analytics and I want you to tell me how much time you spend on each app a day. And do you think that's an invasion of privacy? I, if you actually have to report it, probably. But if he just says to them, look, guys, I would like you to look at how much time you spend on each app a day. And if it's more than this, you have to you have to ask yourself like how seriously am I taking it or like how much am I giving, you know, that's right. one like thing. that's, that's right. one thing, but like knowing Mike Babcock and what he's the bullshit he's pulled in the past, he's like, tell me how much it is. Show me the thing on your phone. And then he would literally, he would write everyone's down on a whiteboard when you come in the locker room one day and say, these are the guys that spend the most time on. So that's the, that's the shit he did with the whole Marner with the, you know, tell me who, who who sucks? <laughs> Tell me who on this team sucks right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, going through like shit crazy. talking. So basically, JD and uh, Yarmo, he they all they had was his word. He's like, listen, I've changed, and they said, you know what? This guy's not an idiot. He understands. He fucked up big time. Well, clearly he did because he did it again. So no, they probably didn't know it was going to happen. But at the same time, it's like it just speaks to not just no concept of what he did was wrong, because you have to under think that he would at least say like, oh, well, you know, Mike, uh," even if he thinks he was in the right, he's like, you know, they're not they don't like my style. And I guess I'm going to have to rein it in if I want to, like, stick around here. But no, he he literally couldn't even make it to the season. You know, I I would say, give me your phone. Let me see what kind of coach you are. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's again, imagine that's the answer he was looking for the whole time. And apparently, according to, you know, if what Paul Bissonnette says is true, they're like the initial person who reached out to them is still anonymous. And as he should be, I get it. You don't want your name attached to this bullshit. It sucks for the players. They have to be attached anyway. But uh, yeah, apparently, like the worst of it hasn't even come out yet. Or what was the, the worst offense? You know, some things that were said. You know, it's coming out. There's a rumor that like is, you know, young guys were invited to Mike's house. He went through their phone for seven minutes and then literally sent them away without like lunch or anything <laughs> like oh, you, you can go, you know, that sort of shit. But I mean, here's what I did want to talk about, because you actually brought this up to me earlier. It's obviously it's great that the players have. An outlet like spit and chicklets to you know, a, a player's podcast that they can go to and then an air, you know, whatever they need to air. But obviously it's a problem that they can't do that with the NHLPA. I, I imagine, right. I'm not speaking out of school making that statement, right? Yeah, no, I, yes. Do you, I mean, do you want me to elaborate on that point? Yes, please let elaborate. Cause it, you were the one who, who brought this up to me today. I just, and this goes to back kind of what I was saying before. It's easier for someone to – it's much easier for someone, a young young kid, I should say. I shouldn't say just anybody. But the young kids in this generation are probably more comfortable reaching out to spit and chicklets than they are to their own management and their own union that they're in. Because at the end of the day, the loopholes for anything to get done in anything and, – and you see it everywhere. You know, just like anything to get done is always a pain in the ass. It's always got to get dragged through the mud. But there's always politics involved. We can't fire this guy because, you know, he's, you know, he's been with the organization for the X, Y, and Z. Oh, you know, we're, we were in the middle of a playoff run. So we can't, you know, investigate until that's over. We don't want any distractions. This is the environment that, it's I think it's a positive, but I, I can see people think it's a negative where people no longer want to go up, you know, the chain of command. They just want to go straight to the easiest, most transparent spot available. And that's, you know, social media is the king of that. And, you know, if you have an outlet like in the hockey world of like spit and chiclets, 
you know, I, I genuinely think, you know, Paul Bizanet and you know, I may not like those guys as, you know, personalities all the time on TV, but I think they're genuinely good people. Like, and when, you know, Bizanet, you know, broke the news of the Mike Babcock stuff, it's like, yeah, it hit me. It's like, this is the future now. They're not going to go to management. You know, JD and I don't know who owns, you know, the Columbus Blue Jackets, but like those guys have no idea what's going on in these kids' life. Like they don't understand social media. They don't understand the what it means to have a phone, like a phone. Like let's, we're cyborgs now. Like this is literally our appendix. Like it's a par- part of us is just as, you know, our heart. So it's it's how we function as a society, as people now. So you know, it's, you know, it'd be the same thing as being like, let me go through your house and go through your closets and drawers and everything. Like it's, it's borderline worse than that. And I don't know. And to go back to the the point that you were you know brought up, I a thousand percent understand why it's easier to go to a spit and chicklets than it is to management. It's because, and, and the, and the players union, it's nothing's going to get done. And if it does get done, it's going to be five years from now. You know, if this, if this was 1992, we wouldn't be hearing about the Mike Babcock cell phone shit until those players retired and they were on spit and chicklets. Let's be, let's be honest, you know, unless we're part of the, the, the inner circle of, you know, shit talking and telling stories with the boys, we would never have heard that. And it's just the sad truth is that you know, it takes a spit and chicklets. It takes a hockey podcast. It takes social media to shine spotlights on crazy shit that otherwise would get swept under the rug just because of politics and just the legality and, oh, we couldn't fire them and playoff run. The guys won cups and, you know, Columbus is not in a position to give up a coach like Mike Babcock because, you know, we're looking to really get some success and momentum going within the organization. Like, that's the type of shit you would hear back if it went through any other outlet. But because it went to social media, because it became a big hoopla, they had to take action. So that, in that sense, it's a huge positive. So, um, and I, you know, I don't know if you actually, I don't even know if you agree with me or not, but um, that's my no, take on it. Yeah. I mean, listen, it, like you said, it's, it's great. It's there. You hope that by with the response, initial response from the NHLPA, they took it seriously. They didn't just, especially when the team was trying to obfuscate the truth or, or what they thought was the truth. Cause I'm sure it's like they immediately went to Boone Jenner or whoever and, and Mike, and they explained their side and Boone was probably like, yeah, I'm the captain of the team. He asked to see my, he said, he said, Hey Boone, you know, whatever. Uh, can I see your phone? Whatever. Here's my phone, whatever. But that's the problem is that that's probably not how it went down with the rookies. And, you know, the rookies not going to narc on their new coach. They don't know he's going to get fired. That's their co- career. You know what I mean? So basically, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So kudos to you have to hope at least that it inspired uh, some confidence in that. OK, if we go to the NHLPA, they'll they'll take what we say serious and they'll investigate it and if one you know if they find wrongdoing they'll they'll make it right so yeah you gotta hope that's the that's the case you know what i mean yeah and you know again it's you know you don't want to keep bringing up like the shit that happened with you know chicago and you know all that type of stuff like you saw what happens when it got to management they didn't want to deal with it like they didn't want to deal with the headache and obviously this is not on that scale at all. And, you know, I, you know, I, I, I'm serious when I say that, but yeah, you know, but, it, it, but still it's, it's again, it's, I think it's one thing to where initially why they were like, Oh, this is being blown out of proportion. But that, that assumes that it's like for everyone, it's like, yeah, I got pictures of my dog and my kids. It's like, well, some of those young guys, they have pictures from their personal life, especially if they're younger and or whatever lifestyle they're living and if what they want to be they're comfortable with being public to the team and what's just private for them and it's the stakes are different especially if you know it was a good point that someone if, if a player like was closeted and was outed because mike babcock is an egomaniac it's like that shit's horrible man and it's just 
that's the thing. It's like the stakes are not the same for everyone where some people are like, oh, it's the old, the old guard, of course, is like, oh, it's not a big deal. And then young people are like, uh, yeah, it is a big deal. <laughs> so, but no, to your point, James, I think it's, it's, uh, it's like, it's obviously good that at least players now, it seems that it's just that they're, the message is being put forth that it's just, it's enough or they're not going to take it and they shouldn't have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, again, I, I, if I had to see this drawn out into the season, I would have, you know, I, I would have given up on, on the blue jackets and the NHL really, because yeah. it's just like, make a make a freaking decision. Like, what do you invest? Like it's, I don't know. It's like, there's no investigation. It's like, you know, he did it because that's the psychopath shit that he's uh, got caught doing the first time. And that's obviously going to be doing it once again. So, um, yeah. Um, any, I mean, anything else? I mean, you know, I know, I know that story was, you know, the, you know, the biggest, you know, story, you know, around the NHL for a while. And, uh, you know, I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it and, you know, me to kind of shit talk Babcock for a while. Um, <laughs> you know, if you're a lot of let, you got to, you know, you have to walk in, walk into the locker room and be like, all right, everybody's cell phone at the, in the center of the room right now and just see like what everyone's faces would be like. Are you yeah. fucking kidding me? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a strange thing. I, I really, you know, I hope, I hope one day, like, Chicklets has him on and they're like, what, like, what were you trying to accomplish? Well, I don't think that'll ever happen. I mean, they, they clearly dislike him. They've aligned themselves with, and I think that's kind of was part of the initial problem is that everyone's like, Oh, Chicklets hates Mike Babcock. So they have an ax to grind, you know? And it's, uh, yeah, I, I know they may hate, but like I said, those, those guys at the end of the day, I, 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 like them or not, I feel like well, they're genuine. Well, I don't think yeah. they make up anything. Well, like, my, they don't need think, to. Well, my whole thing is this: I, I definitely, totally understand people are that like, yeah, I, I don't like spitting chicklets guys. I don't like their personalities. I think they're problematic. I definitely understand all that, and I think that's good. But however, it kind of becomes that thing where it's like, you know, the meme: the worst person you know actually just made a great point type of thing. It's just that everyone was so willing to run, you know, run to call this a nothing story because they disliked spitting chiclets and not because they were like, it's like you want it. It literally had there were some some media people like some beat reporters and, and just people in hockey media that were carrying water for Mike Babcock just because and the story and the Blue Jackets just because they they dislike spitting chicklets, which at the end of the day is not their job. Their job, I mean, yeah, yes, they, I guess their job is to technically have an opinion. So maybe it is. But that being said, it's just like now there's an but egg it, on a lot of their face because instead of just saying like, I, or checking themselves like, look, and I dislike spitting chicklets. However, this is a hell of a, a, of a claim to make. And the fact that at no point did they ever back down, even when it, they initially Columbus tried to, douse it with water and say it was a nothing story like it's well, just cra- crazy that people would you know that it's like it's making people take a stance instead of just saying like well this is a serious accusation we should probably try to figure out what's going on and why they're saying this as opposed to so i thought that to me that was just the craziest part is just that people were literally more willing to to carry water for the mike Babcock has you know didn't do anything wrong uh brigade as opposed just because they they dislike up you know the podcast and the personalities on it yeah well i'm one of those people i don't i don't really like the spit and chicklets guy i'm not a huge fan of business i i yeah I same I don't like them. and honestly I, I do and i do honestly think i don't like there's a lot of problematic elements to that podcast absolutely but again i think my whole thing was that it's like you know when they're saying something messed up is going on here it's like everyone's like, well, you suck. So it's clearly not true. And you're making it up because you got an ax to grind. And, you know, so it just again. And and that's the real reason why people don't come out with shit. Like, exactly. That's like, my other problem is that it just this whole. 
because people always feel like they need to take a side instead of understanding like what's going on. It's like, well, I dislike party A. So yeah. and then the person who is who actually had to like maybe went to them has to look online and seeing all these people just saying like how this is just whatever and basically saying, well, fuck, now nothing's going to happen for me. I'm not going to get any justice in the situation and I'm going to have to deal with this for my whatever the, the whole year or the rest of my career in Columbus or whatever. You know what I mean? So which sucks. So just happy that the truth came out and that they it, it seems that this wrong has been righted to the as much as it can be. You know, they're going to move on with Pascal Vincent as their coach, who, by all accounts, is a great guy, you know, doesn't have any horrible, you know, has worked with a lot of the younger Blue Jackets. So uh, it should be good. But, you know, honestly, it end, might probably might will end up being the best thing that happened to them. I guess Columbus the, having a hell of a run. By far the best thing that's ever happened to them. <laughs> that was a mistake bringing him in. They yeah. only brought him in because they've had this theme of you know they really want to make themselves like uh, a destination spot for players well, yeah and that's and it I, it's that, that and we i feel can, like ownership can't get it so that. anytime we can get something even though it's like with the asterisk we'll we'll have to you know it's like getting johnny goudreau was a huge coup for them but it's like oh we can't compete with these other teams so we have to take what we can get and if it means taking a one of the more successful coaches in nhl history who just happens to be a total scumbag we're gonna do it so yeah. You know. And, and, you know, yeah, it's, oh God. Could you, I can't <laughs> imagine hating. I can't imagine hating the chick as much as the chick. I don't like the chicklets guys. And I don't get me wrong. It's not like I hate them. I just, no, it's just, I really it's don't not, need to listen. I don't want to yeah. listen to them. So, yeah. um, and you know, I'm sure they have fantastic. It's just to me. And I'll be honest with you. It's like the, you know, you know, I, I, I won't even say <laughs> it uh, because there might be people from that area that are listening and I don't want to, you know, make them feel bad. <clears throat> the new it's the New England. It's the New England culture of hockey. They think they're better than everybody else. And granted, they are part of very successful hockey teams and youth organizations and stuff. I just don't I don't like the New England area. I don't like. I don't like Boston sports. I don't like that accent. We're going right into it. I'm going right into it right now. <laughs> and, you know, I just, that's how I, that's what I envision. What Rear Admiral with Wit, Bizonet is all right. Um, but I, at the end of the day, I don't think they're lying. Like if they are reporting something, my dislike for them would never make me believe that they just made the whole thing up. They don't have to do it. They're the biggest hockey podcast in the world. They, you know, have so much to lose if they do make it up. They're on TV. They have deals with, you know, vodka and Bud Light and all those. I don't know if Barcelona's with Bud Light anymore. But anyway, you know, it's just there's so much for those guys to lose. You know, it's just they would not make it up, you know, so. Um, I had one more, I had one more question for you. Um, well, all right, I'll ask you, I'll ask you this. Um, you know, obviously social media is a huge thing, you know, you know, an outlet for, you know, players to maybe get things off their chest as, um, you know, as this, maybe as the season progresses, but there was a, a couple incidents, incidences, I think that's the word of jets and giants players tweeting after the games. And this is more of just athletes in general, Andy, how do you feel about them going to Twitter and tweeting out their, you know, pretty much immediate emotions right after a game? Like, like how much stock do you take into that? And you know, if you're a GM or a coach, uh, it's tough, man. I mean, you see it a lot in basketball. Um, like Brees Hall, Brees Hall. The yeah, yeah. It's the become tweeted. It's def definitely become. Points. Yeah, it's definitely becoming more common, and which is obviously can be very messy. Um, uh, you know, it. I, I get. You know, it, it's very funny. Like I do, but it's like I, it's I say, how people as a, live now. It's like that's yeah. The thing. Well, like, you know, it's funny. One of my favorite moments was when Team USA was losing in the 
in the Olympics a few years ago and Phil Kessel, who was famously not selected, was tweeting, I feel like I should be doing something right now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a little different. Uh, You know what I mean? It was very funny. Um, But at the same time, it's. uh, Yeah, it's it's I think I think it's just never a good idea to do it when the emotions of a game are still on your mind. If you felt like I didn't play enough or my teammates did me dirty or the refs jobbed us out, whatever it is, you you should try probably try and sleep on it. And if you feel the same way the next day, then go by all means, go ahead. It's you're totally within your right to do it. But again, it's kind of like one of those things that's like, you know, when you're so with when the emotions of the game are so fresh in your head, you're probably looking at it without you don't have the benefit of hindsight or perspective really yet. So just, you know, maybe more of as a it's not a it's not that you can't it's that you probably just you it might make your life a little less complicated if you if you don't, if that makes any sense. But you no, know, it does. but it's a world but it's a world we live in. So, you know, it's a people but like on have the, an open on platform. The... They can say whatever they want. So as long as they're willing to live with the consequences, it is what it is. But it can just unfortunately it's it's one of those things where it's one thing to, you know, if you're not gonna say it to the faces of your, you know, I don't know. If you're not willing to say it to management, but then you're gonna do this whole passive aggressive thing, you know what I mean? It's like even yeah. when you're right. You know, Bree should have had more touches. I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I totally agree. You know I what agree. I mean? But at the same time, but it, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, just uh, it'll just make your life because then it, it then it dominates the news cycle. And it's like a, then it comes out Bruce Hall unhappy. And even if it's bullshit, it's like then, you know, it does take on a life of itself. And management kind of has to be like, well, what's, you know, his problem or, or the coaching staff or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I go back and forth. I mean, you know, right now, again, I, I just feel like, listen, it's, this is, the, this is a culture right now. Like, like, there's no more, there's the guard is falling, you know, there's no more like, you know, the, the player is in control of like, how they portray themselves to the public. And if they want to say something and get something off their their chest after a game, let them, let them go tweet, let them learn that those feelings that they're feeling right after the game are, you know, misguided and clouded and, you know, let them learn the hard way. You know, I, I, unless the team specifically says like, you're not allowed to, it's a team rule. You're not allowed to tweet for 24 hours after a game. I'd be like, all right, you know, what are you doing? You can't tweet. Like that's, you broke a team rule now. But if it's not a team rule, I don't. Again, I don't really see the big deal. And it's like, did anyone else think Brees Hall? If he didn't tweet that, do you think anyone in the world thought like Brees Hall was upset about you know how many touches, or he was happy with only getting four touches the entire game where they got killed? It's like, no, of course not. It's like he's a young kid. That's exactly how the whole world was, or not the whole world, but every jet fan was feeling, you know, he felt it too. And you know, it is what it is. I don't think it's undermining the coaching or anything like that. I just think it's like, shit. It's like, you know, the kid's frustrated. If anything, I, I'd be happy. Like the, the guy gives a shit. So I don't know. That's how I look at it. I know that's not hockey related, but you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing you know more you know hockey players tweet and stuff like that after games and and you know we we've seen so many athletes do it across all the sports so it's just you know kind of something that's relevant uh you got anything else andy uh no just that i'm excited the season's back uh we don't have time to talk about it because we're already going long but i did see apparently a report where friedman said that the nhl had been kicking around having the next draft at uh disneyland which would be sweet (laughs) <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all for it. Disney you World know, or Disneyland? I think it was Disneyland. Okay. Uh, let me, I, you know, what? I can go back and look at this real quick. Hold on. Uh, oh, so I'm sorry. Or Well, so the, the actual quote from Friedman, and he might, it said, the NHL has brainstormed stormed a Disney World draft in the past. Disneyland is closer to Vegas. Uh, whatever. Then he starts talking about some of the draft eligibles for next year. You know, Macklin Celebrini pops out from Space Mountain. Cole Eiserman emerges from Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. The league would look fun. So he said both. So maybe they were just talking about both. Just Disney in general. One of the two. The land or world for the next draft. So, I like it. It's different. Yeah. You know, they'd obviously have some whole thing where you could have 
you know Darth Vader or uh, whatever the the other the, the um, uh, I, I, Kylo Ren, whatever his name is, can you know announce the next you know or, you know with the whatever you know the Columbus you know whatever. So it'll be fun. So yeah, uh, we'll talk about that later or next time. But uh, just happy to be back, James. Uh, we got some. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we finally got some preseason action coming around the corner. And yeah, I mean, it's a new it's a new season. It's a new season for us. It's a new season for the New York Rangers. And I'm just finally excited to get it going here. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. And please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.